Alrighty. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. I believe this is episode number eight. I think this is eight. Yeah. Today we have a very special guest, uh, Miss Becky. How are you doing? I am great. Thanks for having me. Excited Thank you for to be coming. Here. Thank you for coming on. I'm very excited to speak with you. It's been some time. However, we're going to make most of it and just uh, share the stories and really excited to just hear your perspectives. And guys, if you know someone that has traveled a lot, I don't know if it compares to this girl, Becky, because she's been <laughs> everywhere and you're only 24, right? 25, 25. Oh, she just turned 25. Yeah. yeah, I just turned. And she's been I mean, oh. countless countries and we'll get into that. So, Becky, let's let's dive right in. Tell us a little bit about the story sure. of Becky. Well, first of all, again, thanks for having me. So, mm. yeah, I am from Germany originally, born and raised, and I grew up in a very small village west all the way in the west of Germany at the border to Luxembourg. So grew up here, went to high school here. And then in high school in 10th grade, I went to the States for a bit uh, because I have family there as well. So lived there, went to high school there. And then uh, when I went to college, it was half of it was in Germany. And then because it was a dual degree, I did a year abroad in Australia mm. and an internship in Tanzania, which was absolutely fantastic. And then after that, so I graduated from my undergrad, it was 2019, uh, went to Lebanon for six months to study Arabic um, because I had Arabic in school and uh, university for a bit. So I wanted to get better at it, went mm. to Lebanon and right after Lebanon, I came to Israel where we met and mm. to do my master's in conflict resolution and mediation. So and now. So after then COVID happened while we were in Israel and then I left Israel a little bit early in summer last year and got a job in Dubai. So that's where I'm based now. Well, right now I'm in Germany visiting family for the holidays, but living in Dubai at the moment, working there. So hmm. yeah, that's short, long story short, I guess. Yeah. Long story, I guess with thousands of miles and plane rides <laughs> and yeah. on there. So yeah, you had um, Australia. Israel, Tanzania, and US, and Lebanon, and Israel. I think yeah, those were like, like the main uh, spots where you yes. spent more than, let's say, a week. Right now, like just visiting. Yeah, yes. Because there yes, were other exactly, spots. Yeah, where, so, yeah, so maybe if you can even run that down, you went to, I think, on top of that, 30 other countries, maybe 35, 40. <laughs> 50. Oh, what? 50. I, I think it's like 54, 55 now. Yeah. Trying oh, to get man. that map covered. <laughs> Well, get the map covered. I mean, I think, yeah, you're averaging, your average is what now? Two a year? I think it's about yeah, two a year. A probably. Yeah, oh my goodness. That's incredible because in the States, you know, there are some people who don't even, who have the resources, but they don't either have a passport or yeah. the desire to want to go out. So I think maybe that's, that's something true. we can touch on for you. What was maybe the desire or the incentive or what spurred and created the curiosity for you to be such a globetrotter? and to have visited so many countries at only 25. Well, first of all, it's a lot easier in Europe to mm. visit a lot of countries because, like I said, I live at the border to Luxembourg and it takes me like two, three hours by car to go to four different countries, pretty mm. much. So it's a lot easier than in, in the States. Mm. But yeah, so I don't know, my, my parents always travel a lot. So when I was a kid, we always traveled. So I got lucky in that department. Uh, so from a young age, we were just going everywhere and that kind of how this started and then we had family like i said in the states so we visited mm. them um yeah and then in my undergrad i actually studied tourism management so kind of makes sense i guess mm. um yeah and i've just always been fascinated with other countries other cultures and getting to know the people from everywhere and that's why i wanted to go to tanzania for my internship i could have done it anywhere in the world or even back home in germany but i really yeah. wanted to experience something completely different so i don't mm. know i've always been fascinated with it so i don't know where exactly it comes from but i guess because we've always been such an open household and traveled so much so. Mm. i mean it seems it could be in your genes at this point yeah <laughs> i mean it, it's it seems what it's coming down to but yeah just the idea of being an open household and finding ways uh just to like learn more about culture dynamics. And for me, well, sometimes I look at it like I didn't choose where to be born. So for me, I find it's such an imperative to just go out there and like you to see what, what else is going on and what else is, is yeah. out there. 
But 20, I mean, that's all right. I really thought you were at maybe 40, but 53, 54, 55. Yeah. <sighs> okay, well, that's definitely got to do some catching up. So with all, that, <laughs> with, all, with all this traveling, you're, you, you spent the time in Israel that we were there together. Yeah. Uh, that's where we're studying. And then you mentioned now uh, you're in Dubai, but you were studying a tourism management. And then even now, how does it change? Like, are you still doing tourism management? Where do you see those experiences? And even given the current landscape of the world, playing into a part of what you're going to do now with your time, a.k.a. your mm -hmm. career? Well, I work for a, it's a German company, but based in Dubai and it's, um, so I work in marketing and research and it is actually a tourism consultancy company. Mm -hmm. That's how I would best describe it. So it's definitely more focused on what I did in my undergrad, not so much on what I did in, or what we did in Tel Aviv. Um, mm -hmm. Because like last year when we came back from Israel and I started applying for jobs in the field of our masters, it was very difficult to find because it was like at the height of COVID. It was yep. impossible. And yep. I got this opportunity. And of course I studied it in my undergrad. It really interested me. So I was like, I'm going to take this. It sounds mm. amazing. And so, yeah, I'm actually doing pretty much what I studied in my undergrad right now at work as well. Um, so, and it's, it's been really interesting, especially considering what's been going on with COVID and in the tourism industry and how that plays into work. So it's been been a wild ride so far. No, for sure. And, and seeing, I mean, just, you know, I'm on Instagram and the amount of people who have just been uh, flocking to Dubai to just live yeah. and vacation. I mean, what does it look like for you? Just yeah, really so many people coming in and are you working with them directly to manage their experience? Are you helping create something with tourism? Yeah, no, so it's um, it's really kind of just a consultancy and it's mainly based on, uh, or focused on like loyalty programs and mileage mm, uh, accrual. Mm. So really mm. on, on that kind of like how, uh, for example, how to, um, yeah, how, how to get a good status with hotels or like fly first class using miles and like only paying 50% of the original price, like that kind of stuff. So it's not mm. really, we don't really organize trips within like Dubai or anywhere. It's really just consult consulting people who want to, mm. yeah, right. kind of get a better trip for, for less, I suppose. Right. So, so, um, uh, yeah. so listeners, you hear that? Uh, Becky's going to hook us up with a way to maximize our experience in Dubai because it's notoriously yeah. quite expensive. So yeah. I mean, Becky, you're going to get a lot of messages and, I'm going to contact you after. <laughs> say, hey, hey, help me out. Help me out. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that's exciting. You're, you're finding ways to maximize their experience. And especially with COVID and just other dynamics at play, you go into a different country. And for you, you know all about this. But people who are going to a new country and know of the experience, they could get blindsided and just really have no idea what's going on and get terrible and horrendous deals and really just get swindled. So with someone like you who's helping that out, not a guarantee, but it helps facilitate much smoother experience but much much smoother so would you say this this is part of your this would overlie with your your passion a hobby is it more because uh, as we knew each other you're definitely incredibly uh well versed in uh, political dynamics and culture in so many different fields so there's the traveling aspect of you there's this uh being incredibly informed aspect of you there's so many different dynamics to becky out of these, I mean, are they all interwoven with passions and hobbies, or is it more so the traveling and the other ones a whole separate thing? I think it all kind of goes together. Like, like you said, like I have these two big passions when it comes to, I guess, to my work life. Mm. One is the travel or tourism part and exploring mm. these places and with work and like personal traveling everywhere, I guess. Um, and then the like political aspect, and that's why I did this master in, master's degree in Tel Aviv as well. And I'm actually volunteering online as well for a couple organizations that focus mm. on like human rights and and especially gender equality and that kind of stuff. So I'm trying to do both. And it's I don't know. I I feel like if it's your passion and you really like doing it at work, it kind of becomes a hobby as well. So mm. I like mm. what I'm doing both at work and with the volunteer work. So uh, mm. yeah, the no, hobby and, yeah. and work, I guess. Oh, so with the hobby and work. No, definitely I've seen you, uh, at least on LinkedIn again, just dropping a bunch of uh, links and outlets right now. Uh, yeah, it's I think it's about every other month. 
uh, Becky completes another certification or didn't know what you <laughs> coming out. I'm thinking, yeah, wow. I, man, and here I am walking the corgis and oh man, what's uh, what's, what's going on here? <laughs> it's I, I it's mean, incredible. With, with all of it being online, it's quite easy. And, and a lot of the courses that I did, like they weren't too long. So it wasn't like I was mm. sitting there four hours every night work, like after work, they were pretty short, but super interesting. So I was like, why not? I, I have the time I can mm. spend that time. I don't know, looking through Instagram videos, or I could do this. So like, mm. why not? Yeah, no, so is, is that more, uh, I mean, it is a conscious decision you're making, but so many people know that they should do that. Uh, but they don't do that, right? Just the mindless scroll through Instagram or social media or a newsfeed of any sort for three, four hours. And then they go to sleep and they didn't really gain anything. But what you're yeah. saying is you're in, that, you're in a similar position, but you managed to change your focus. How are you able to change your focus? And do you just find the utility of, of changing or what does well, that look like? Sometimes like I, I go down the instagram youtube rabbit hole oh, no. like oh, a no. lot as well but oh. i don't know then when it comes to this like i'm just super interested in these different topics and like passionate about it and i know that eventually i want to shift my career towards this like full time again so i'm like i want to prepare i guess and mm. get the most out of it to like know what i'm talking about eventually yes. so yes, yeah i don't know some and sometimes i'm just in bed like yeah going through instagram like everyone else so yeah uh, nothing nothing too crazy and, and there's yeah. maybe from what i perceive a difference typically with the rabbit hole on instagram and youtube I mean, instagram seems to be more of uh we're selectively choosing kind of what we see a little more and who we're following and stuff like that and we can really get deep down and with youtube i mean having it be a video, it, it, it sort of pulls you in more. And yeah. then you get into some really spooky or exciting <laughs> stuff. Like you, you can look yeah. at a video of a corgi. I'm saying corgis a lot because we have two of them. You can see yeah. videos of corgis playing in a park. And then you end up um, with something about uh, a vaccine and the earth being flat and <laughs> your, your neighbor being an actual witch who only has one leg and five eyes. Yeah, it's crazy sometimes what you come across online. That's true. It's really spooky. It's really spooky. Yeah. But yeah, like making that conscious uh, effort. Uh, and that's something that we kind of try to focus on, at least on this podcast, is how do we use our time intentionally and try to find ways to better ourselves, uh, not just mm -hmm. physically, but spiritually, mentally, emotionally, intellectually, relationally, all different areas. Because there is so much noise and so much, I don't want to say garbage, but more fluff and not really a lot of yeah. substance. At least what we were saying. Within this, yeah. you're able, I mean, look, there's been a lot of successes in the young life of uh, Miss Becky. Now, I, I got to know, though. I mean, maybe we haven't shared this one-on-one, okay. -on -one, but talk to me about some, you know what, maybe not failures, but sure, failures or lessons learned or just uh, an incident, an instance for you that mm -hmm. really stands out thinking about something that really stands out. I don't know, they've, they've probably been a bunch. And okay. um, I mean, we all fail at one point and we all make mistakes. Like, even though if I can't come up with a proper, really good example right now, they've been a bunch. And it's mm. just, I don't know, you learn out of every mistake you make and mm. out of every failure. And even though sometimes, I don't know, it feels like the worst thing possible and the worst thing in the world and nothing's gonna make it better ever. Like if you look back on it, you probably learned something really great from it. And mm -hmm. obviously you got out of it and it got you where you are right now. Mm. So I don't know. I, like, I mean, I'm a person, I, when I fail, I like put myself down a lot. And like, I'm mm. very, I put a lot of pressure on myself. So, and then sometimes I'm like, I have to tell myself, look, you've gotten through things and you've gotten, like you came out of it and it'll be all right. Like don't focus too much on mm on the failure itself and look what you can get from it, I guess. Mm, okay. So like not focusing so much on the failure and just that incident, but more so trying to be kind of proactive and what you can learn from it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, that's interesting. Cause I did learn, or I did listen to uh, this video series I'm working on and what the person asked us is uh, for, uh, for ourselves, what, how do we define success and failure? Right. Yeah. And so he had us define it in the past how we how we would define it and then create sort of new definitions and 
yeah, because it's how we value success and or how we go about it. I mean, as an example, I, I mean, it's a, I guess a minor thing, but last sure. year when we came back from Israel and I started applying for jobs, you could see it as a failure that like I applied to so many jobs in like the field of conflict resolution, human mm. rights, and I didn't get anything. And you could see that as a failure, but out of that came that I got this great opportunity to go to Dubai and get a job mm. here, which I wouldn't have gotten. First of all, I probably wouldn't have gotten this opportunity if COVID hadn't happened and if I had gone home early from Israel. And had I gotten another job, I wouldn't have been able to get the experience that I have now. So mm. I don't know. There are good things and bad things and like failures and right. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. It depends how it how the consequences, I guess, turn out. And the yeah. way I always see it too is, I mean, what if the consequences turned out worse too? You know what I mean? Okay. It's saying like, oh yeah, you know, but that could have happened. Yeah, but it, but it can still get bad. What what are we talking about? Like, yeah, de definitely on that sense. And uh, it's like the takeaway: what do we learn from? What do we do? You're able to be in Dubai because that didn't work out. And instead of the idea that oh, like all this is happening to Becky, all this is happening for Becky. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not just telling yourself a, a mantra or some aphorisms to make yourself feel good. It's you're changing your focus. And when you change your focus, you change what you you take steps towards and actions towards. And exactly. you're, you're finding the, the beauty in this, which is excellent. And as a side note, I've definitely been in the same spot uh, post uh, graduating and with COVID. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Job market. Was tough. Job market. Was yeah. Tough was quite sure. yeah and how do you get through it i mean yeah just like you're saying gotta just stay after it and then view maybe the the, the consequence or the end result as i don't know about being necessary but being part of part of that process because now you're in dubai and you're doing what you love and i'm sure you're using conflict in some capacity like your, your studies yeah yeah so then we got to get to this next part, which I'm quite excited for. I'm excited <laughs> for the next two, really, but. Oh, God. Oh, no. Well, here we go. Here we go. Um, well, with, with yourself, I don't know. Are you a coffee drinker or a tea drinker? What do you. What do you uh, right right now, more tea, but I, it keeps on switching. I, sometimes it's coffee all day, every day, and then mm. right now it's tea. So I'm good with okay. both. There, does it depend where, where you're living, what the country is? Mm, not really. I just. The I side know. of the hemisphere you're on, you know. <laughs> sometimes i'm like uh, i'm tired all day i guess it is coffee now and then mm. like maybe too much coffee again and then i switch back to tea <laughs> okay is there a third option i don't want to make this binary hot chocolate ah see I, I, that's the oh, all-time favorite <laughs> well look hot chocolate oof, we get some marshmallows in there oh my god i mean that's just like growing up we would have that just of course around christmas time but specifically in the winter whew, so great you get those little packets and then you just, you know, you shake it and pour it in. Oof. So then let's let's do this then with hot chocolate. Uh, okay. If you could, any historical mm -hmm. figure that has ever been in existence, if you were able to have hot chocolate with a historical figure, we can, make it, we can make it a couple, but try to aim for one that really just pulls back yeah. in. Who would you choose? What would you talk about? There's so many really interesting people in history that I would love to have a chat with. But when I saw that question, uh, one person I thought about might be because I just started volunteering for an organization who got their name from him is Alan Turing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you know who he is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. The, so, the breaker machine and yeah. Yeah, exactly. He was a computer scientist yes. or mathematician during World War II. And he was like big or his work was a big reason they were able to break the Enigma codes that yes, the Nazis right. used. Mm -hmm. And they say that he or his work shortened like World War II by around two years and he saved millions of lives. And, mm -hmm. and then in, I think it was like 1952 or something. So shortly after the war, he was um, arrested and uh, prosecuted for being gay. And he was, he got like, they told him, okay, prison or probation and he chose probation, but part of that meant chemical castration. Hmm. And he died at the age of 41 uh, due to cyanide poisoning. And there, it's like people debate whether it was suicide or uh, an accident. But I mean, the way he was treated after saving, I don't know how many millions of lives. Hmm. 
just because of who he loved is just insane. And mm -hmm. I mean, there there was a movie with Benedict Cumberbatch about him as well. Yeah. A couple a, a years ago. Movie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's probably one of the people that I'm really interested in and I would love to have a chat with him. He's. What are, yeah. what are some questions you would want to ask him? Um, like how was he able to persevere, push through? Yeah. Uh, pretty much like how he was able to, yeah. Or if he ever would forgive the government for the way they treated him hmm. just for who he was, I guess, even though he saved so many people and how he was able to pull through. I hmm. don't know. It's just hmm. it's fascinating. Would you say he would be able to forgive them? I don't know. I mean, it's would you? Well, I, yeah, guess yeah. I, would, I, I guess I would, I guess I would try to, but then yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, definitely everyone's different. I think it depends on your philosophy. And yeah, yeah I mean, I, I guess we don't know too much about his actual character. I mean, I watched yeah. the movie as well and they were trying to depict it. And yeah, I, I mean, in, in your perspective, do they show a lot of his character? I mean, he was more, what's the way to say it? Not resolute, but he was kind of more to himself. He was very yeah. like focused on his work. And uh, there were just th so many different components to him. But regardless yeah. of if he would forgive them or not, uh, which is so crucial, it's also, yeah, how does how do you live with that after you did so much uh, incredible life-saving work, shortening the war by two years, millions of lives? And then there, you're still in the system that is basically just going crazy. And is yeah. like, wait, you, you like them? No, 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 no. You're exactly, right. yeah. And the chemical castration, I actually didn't even remember that part. That that happened. Yeah, he, he had to. Uh, he was forced to take like a, a, do like a hormone therapy. Hmm. Uh, that like yeah, he lost his libido and yeah. Um, so it, it was the uh, it was the you said chemical castration, yes. Yes, yes, that's yeah. chemical. Like if you and, have and to it was to change the hormones to make his yes to kind of reduce his yeah. his sex drive i guess and uh, apparently it also make him like uh start growing like breast tissue a little bit because of the hormone therapy oh. yeah oh. so it was like a full-on mess i guess but yeah oh my goodness they just thought, and, i guess they just yeah. thought it would change him yeah, yeah change his sexuality i don't know and he he was british right yes wow so so you think he would do hot chocolate with you or he'd want tea probably tea Oof. i'm good okay, with so tea so okay you find too okay great well no that's excellent and uh, alan turing if you haven't well, i mean if you haven't watched the his the film with benny the cumberbatch i mean he, first he's just a great actor that guy he's yeah. so he's so great and just the way that they created the film and the history and even after i was reading a little bit about it it's it's quite accurate with well to the point that they try to make it yeah. um, but alan turing okay hmm yeah. definitely we'll have that noted so <laughs> I mean, of course, we recommended the Alan Turing, well, the movie, The Enigma oh, Code. Okay. Yeah. But with, what about some of the other areas with books, uh, movies that you've watched and that you've experienced that for you are, are really in alignment with Becky and yeah. how you sort of perceive the world? So the book I'm reading right now, or rereading right now, actually, is, uh, I love it so much. It's called Invisible Women. Hmm. Um, and it's on the, it has a longer title, Invisible Woman Exposing Data Bias, uh, something, something, I forgot. But it's about the, yeah, the data bias and the, uh, or data gap. Um, in, You're saying data, D-A-T-A, -A, yes? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the, which then influences gender inequality, like how mm -hmm. missing data on, like throughout history in science, in in, in everything pretty much affects gender and gender inequality in society. And it's so interesting. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's really fascinating. Like some of the things like you know about, like because society is structured or built in a certain way, you know where inequalities are, but then some things you don't even think about that are written about mm. in this book. And you're just like, really, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, like it's, it's healthcare and it's, it's mm. crazy, yeah. Uh, mm. So this is one of the books that I would really recommend to people who kind of don't believe that there is an issue or that there is gender inequality. Um, that's probably Invisible yeah, Women. It's called Invisible Women. Yeah. Women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's by um, Caroline Criado Perez is her name. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely really good. 
Yeah, it, yeah. I, yeah. Would there be a book, let's say, maybe from not antiquity, but more classic or something like from past maybe 20, 30 years that resonates or that expanded your mind, something like that? Well, yeah, so many books. Well, actually, uh, your talk with Elon Sapiens. Oh. I didn't oh, even man. think about that book. Like, and also, he mentioned 1984. That's a fantastic book. But Sapiens is yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sapiens is yeah, just it's really good. I mean, and actually, yeah. the the book we read uh, back in Tel Aviv in our um, group dynamics course, the Becoming Evil. Oh, absolutely! That's yeah. such Oof. a great book as well. Yeah. Man, okay, so Becoming Evil, um, and 1984, and Sapiens, as well as Invisible yeah. Women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and let's, I love books. No, I mean, <laughs> I, they're, they're the gateway to the past and the future. Yeah. And it's everything. And with Sapiens, I mean, for me, that's also one of my favorite books, just because when I read it, I mean, I read that book feeling like I knew nothing about history, about philosophy, about culture, about really the world, especially what I learned in school. And that book was like a crash course to life. I mean, in a sense of everything, like from... Uh, homo sapiens to religions and uh, different forms of uh, uh, political ideologies. For you, saying that it's one of the ones you resonate the most with, what were a couple takeaways that you took from that that just really shifted your perspective? Because for me, there's about 10. Uh, I mean, I've read this book two or three times. Yeah. Yeah. All of them. Everything in this book. Like like you said, you read it and you're just like, what do I even know about life anymore? <laughs> yeah, no, what's really nice too is they actually made a a graphic novel. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh no, I haven't. Oh no. Oh, do I have the books here? Are they yeah, they're somewhere in oh there, yeah. It's basically he divided sapiens into four parts and okay. they come out once every year, and it's basically the book just with cartoons. Oh, and, that's really cool. Yeah, and he says that it's actually more difficult to write it. Because when you're writing purely text, you can be ambiguous with descriptions, right? So you could say, oh, let's say, uh, you know, uh, a mother and a daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, when you draw them, how tall do you make the mother? What color do you make her skin? Does she have any patches on her body? How is she wearing mm-hmm. her clothes? And all that stuff actually plays a part. So yeah. in a way, it's actually kind of even more impressive, the cartoon version. So definitely. I definitely have to that out i didn't know yeah. that yeah yeah it's a sapiens a graphic novel the first two parts are out and it takes so long so long to write or to draw at least the cartoon so it'll be completed within yeah. two years but yeah definitely becky if you haven't hop on that Lisa. will do will it's, do it's for incredible. sure so we, we have the books down yeah, incredible mm-hmm. books there's a woman 1984 sapiens and then one other one i had just lost off the tip of my tongue uh, the um, becoming evil that we oh becoming evil yes yes also right. a great book becoming evil now that's through the medium of books and I don't know if you're as avid uh, a movie goer as you are book reader but which ones have stuck with you or recently and which ones do you recommend um well I'm a big big Disney nerd so generally oh. all Disney movies like Lion King best movie best soundtrack ever made <laughs> okay, <that laughs> um, uh, it's so good, and and also I have fantasy Harry Potter movies as good as the mm. books, which is difficult. Mm. Um, but then I'm also uh, very I really enjoy sometimes at least enjoy watching uh, movies or hi- historic movies, uh, whether they're fiction or based on a true story. Like um, especially around World War II, history mm. super fascinating, mm. and you have got like Schindler's List or oh, The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. They're oh. such good movies, even wow. though they make me cry every single time. Wow. But they're Schindler's so good. And, yeah. 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 Well, let me ask you: When did you watch The Boy with the Striped Pajamas? Was that was, was that part of a school curriculum, or it was just? It was actually it was very intense because it was a time when I um, was in the states for high school, which was tenth grade, and oh, we wow. had a um, Holocaust survivor at the school, and we watched the movie in the theater at school, like on the big screen. And it was really intense. Um, yeah. They showed you that in 10th grade. Hmm. Yeah, it was 10th grade. And it was it was kind of a little bit odd because I was like the only German exchange student 
in school so after that everyone kind of also bombarded me with questions about like oh my wait, everything hold on, and i'm hold like on. I, I can't really tell you that much wait wait, wait, wait. so this is yeah. a uh, this is something we got to dive into if you're all right with it so you're there and then being the only german student i mean what are they and for people who don't know where in the states you were what uh what state were you in i was in connecticut connecticut so okay Coast. so tri-state northeast um, pretty mixed politically, but more left-leaning. So in 10th grade, they watch this film, uh, Try Pajamas. There's a Holocaust survivor, and people view you saying, oh, there's a German in our class. What are some of the questions that are covered? I mean, that must have just been a, a very unique experience. It was. It was, for sure. I mean, honestly, um, I mean, some of the questions were really sincere, and they just wanted to know how we learned about it in, in school mm. and uh, what we like, how we talk about our history um, compared to like other countries. And like, for example, we go to or most schools at one point during high school, we go visit a concentration camp wow, as part of our history class. Yeah, and it, it's like talked about like every year in history, there's some part that deals with World War II. So we really talk about it a lot. And then in the States, so they ask about the, this, which I thought was really good, but then some of the questions uh, really thought like, do they really do a lot of world history or is it pretty much focused only on American history? Well, you're, uh, saying, because, uh, you're saying within the, the program in Connecticut. Yeah, it was high school, like that. some of the mm. questions, it was just, I mean, obviously you can't know everything about it, the history all across the world, but some mm. of the questions I was really, I wasn't really sure if they, meant it or if it was a joke um mm. but like wow. they still ask questions for example I, in school if we have a like today if there are problems with, with jewish students and and mm. that kind of stuff where i mean i get where people are coming from but it's also a little bit strange like i was in 10th grade and people were asking me like i came to class one day and there was this pre-seat and someone was asking me oh is it all right for you to sit there and i was like Wait, th there was there, a what? A pre seat? Uh, there was a free seat. So I sat oh, there and people okay. were asking me, like, is it yeah. okay for you to sit there? And I was like, well, why not? And they were like, well, the, the girl next to you is Jewish. And I wasn't what? sure if they were serious. Oh, my. I mean, it's 10th incredible. grade. They might have, like, been joking, but they right. said it so, like, serious. I was like, I don't know what to say now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I don't know, but it was really interesting. But overall, they were just really interested in kind of how we deal with our history and how we kind of work through it in, in school. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I remember, well, there's so many different directions to go with this one. Um, just, I guess first when we, we had watched the boy with the striped pajamas much younger than you guys actually. So we watched it. Well, I guess at least in Connecticut in New Jersey, we watched that film, I believe in the eighth grade. And yeah. I remember so vividly, I mean, of course it's just a, such an intense movie. Um, you know, beautiful, but also so sad. I mean, more sad than beautiful for sure. And there was a part, you know, we had watched in our classroom, but only like 30 people in the classrooms instead of one big mm -hmm. screen. Or I don't know if that's how it went for you guys. Um, and towards the end of it, there was a student who I remember very well. He was laughing, right? Laughing. And I mean, people were shocked at this guy. Yeah. And from how I understood it, it wasn't more so laughing like, oh, I'm happy this happened. It was more so laughing as a as a response to a perceived uh, trauma or something so intense that that was how yeah. this person coped with it. Coped with yeah, that. I feel like it's like a de defense or like a mechanism to yes. kind of deal with something like that because it's just so inhumane and so it's like you yes. can't really fathom what happened there and right. you just kind of have to try to deal with it somehow. Right. And, yeah. and well, I'll tell you this, this person got a lot of flack and I mean, look, I'm speaking about it. What? Eight, eighth grade, like uh, 10 years later. And I still remember it so vividly. He left yeah. and, and people were telling the teachers like, Oh my gosh, this, this guy was laughing. So-and-so. So that in itself is, yeah. Uh, just so vivid. Yeah. And like you're saying, it really brings to light. Uh, of course the atrocities, but then for yourself, having students come up to you and ask you questions like that. So different. Cause like, what is it your fault? Like, what are we doing? Like, it's so, it's yeah. so odd, the thought process yeah. of how they, they really get there. The other point I wanted to touch on was 
I also remember asking you similar questions as well, not to uh, the extent that they, uh, your classmates yeah. were, but when we were in Israel at Masad, we were going down yeah. the hike. I'm like, Becky, how, how do you guys learn about this? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, uh, for me, it's just fascinating because when you're a part of, or I guess the maybe legacy or maybe the, mm-hmm. the future kind of of something that was so incredibly medieval. It, for me, I'm always so curious, like, what are they teaching you? Because as we know, in each country, history is totally different in each country. You try to remain yeah. the same. Um, so, yeah, just absolutely fascinating. Wow. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I get it what people ask. And I mean, I'm super curious about as well, like when my grandparents um, were still alive, like, we asked them questions like, how was it living during that time? Like, I mean, oh, they were wow. really, they were really young kids. Um, but yeah. still, it was like, like, how was it? Like, what were your experiences? I'm always very interested in talking to people about it because I also think that even I like when people ask questions as long as they're not super strange, yeah. I guess. Mm. But um, because I think it's important that people learn about it because sometimes I feel like, especially now, if you look at the political landscape, even here in Germany with like right wing parties gaining popularity, mm. I feel like people, humans are just so easy to forget. Like they forget everything and they don't really learn. So I feel like, like talk about it and, educate yourself and learn about it mm. oh man so many directions we can go here wow <laughs> no it's so right um yeah i mean with let's say even uh, educating yourself and learning about history and stuff like that for me i guess just a quick little side note is the past couple of weeks i've just been working like really non-stop um from like basically eight in the morning to like 10 at night i'm either i'm just doing a bunch of stuff and I haven't really been investing in, let's say, uh, reading about culture, history, politics. I'm so unaware of what's happening for the past three weeks. I just got into my bubble. And the difference, though, is that prior to that, for about two years, I went fully intense and was reading up about a lot of it. And even now, I'm going to work, find a way to work it back into my everyday, uh, let's say, curriculum per, or just everyday activity. Now, what worries me is... For me, that's a temporary spot I'm in. However, uh, I'm going to go back to that and I have a desire to learn and educate. For other people, they basically learn about history or culture, politics, whatever, up until maybe 18. And then after that, they just don't want to, like, they just don't care. Okay. Right. And then they tend to forget. Like, you can know it, but then if you're not really remembering, you're forgetting. And then they'll watch the news and follow once one news outlet or one uh influencer of sorts and then just get all their information from them so then these people you know who really don't have the wherewithal to understand the value of that it's like you're saying they're not learning history or they're not learning this and they're going to be much more inclined not to repeat it but to overlook what's happening and like you're saying right-wing tendencies in europe and other places i mean how do you see an effective way maybe for someone who's listening who wants to stay informed and senses that they're too busy and that there's not as much value from learning any of that when they could be just making more money or they have to focus on what's immediate in their life. Actually, that kind of leads me a little bit to the third thing I see here on the screen, the podcasts. Oh, sure. Because I'm a, so first of all, like if you don't have time to like, watch the news or something about history, like talk to people who like lived through it. Like if you like mm-hmm. talking to my grandparents was the best thing I did like when it came to history uh, or even to my parents, like considering the German unification, my parents were adults or young adults then. Like they lived through very important parts of history or German history, I guess. But then yeah, podcasts, I listen to mm-hmm. so many podcasts and mm-hmm. if you don't have time to read the news or watch the news, if you go to the gym, you can listen to a podcast instead mm. of the Spotify playlist. Or if you're going grocery shopping or something, like podcasts, you just have so more, much more opportunity to mm. listen to them. And there's so many great like news podcasts as well. And some really some long ones that go over an hour or so. But if you only have 15 minutes, so many of the news podcasts, they have like a compact kind of version of the daily news. Just everyone has 15 minutes a day yeah everyone's got that come on yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah no and a nice little technique um i mean i do this maybe way too frequently is when you listen to a podcast or if you're watching something with video 
one and a half or two times speed. I mean, I live on the two times speed. I yeah. live there. For me, I, I talk quite fast and I can also listen quite quickly. Yeah. That's even a thing. Uh, but just finding ways to do that. And like you're saying, maybe not dead time, but where you're doing uh, a task that's not really, doesn't demand a lot of cognitive function. Or let's say washing yeah. the dishes or anything. Just very common that you can do. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, for me, it's just such a worry. And even on the podcast front, too, it's also figuring out what what source uh, be aware of, listen to, and actually use, right? Because if you're using, I'll just use the example of in the States. Let's say if you just listen to NBC, you're going to be quite far on the left. And if you listen yeah. to Fox News, you're going to be quite far on the right. And, you know, for me, when I am listening to these, I listen to both 100%. I make it my, I make an effort to diversify it. Um, but then Becky, let me ask you though, if you, for like a common theme in this podcast, we talk about identity and how the strongest need in the human personality is to remain consistent with the identity we have with ourselves, right? Now, what happens is when we're on uh, listening to a, a podcast or watching a video or having a conversation, when the person says something that's challenging to what we believe, automatically we bunker down. We yeah. just want to be in our spot. But when people are saying what we believe, it reinforces and gets very cyclical. So with people, I wonder what you would think about this. For people who don't see the incentive to, uh, let's say, break an echo chamber, which echo chamber, it's this spot that you're in, and it's a chamber, which means it's closed off, and the echoes, you just keep hearing the information. What would you say to someone who wants to, or doesn't want to maybe break through that or doesn't see the value and listening to different views or getting uh, podcasts with different uh, opinions? I don't know. I think it's just you can always learn from other people and their opinions. And you can, as long as the discussion is, even if you meet in person and you have a polite, argumentative discussion, like based yes. on valid arguments and not just your personal like emotions i mean emotions are important and good sometimes in our um in discussions as well but generally mm -hmm. if you most times people have more in common than they think i guess i mm -hmm. mean there's there are some mm -hmm. aspects when it comes to different opinions or different worldviews where also i kind of draw the line when it comes to specific like basic human rights and like those are just not up to for debate, I think like if people mm. say, oh, those people just don't deserve to be here or um, for example, trans lives don't matter or that, that mm. kind of stuff. That's right. where I'm like, mm. that's not up for debate. Mm. But then when it comes to certain political views, you can disagree respectfully and you can listen to the opinions of the other person and maybe you'll find mm. something valuable in that that you can learn from. Or mm. maybe if you if you have that discussion and if you know what the if you know where the other person is coming from through listening to, uh, I don't know, I'm very left wing, mm. I guess. So if I listen to more right wing news and I understand where they're coming from, I, my arguments in a discussion with a person who has those views might also be better. And I might be mm -hmm. able to convince them more of my views because I know yes. their reasoning behind it. Otherwise, I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like, that doesn't make sense. But that's not going to convince neither them nor me. Uh -huh. Yep. So yeah. Wow. You just you just put a lot of fire right there. That or great fire. <laughs> that, that was so spot on. Uh, I mean, yeah, absolutely. You're finding ways to see the opposite so that you can even really just understand your own better. And you could be wrong, hundred percent. Because the same thing with them. If you think they're wrong, what's to say that in a similar arena or similar uh, field of thought that you're not in a similar position, right? Yeah. No. Uh, so maybe that takes humility or being humble, but. You're, you're saying as well, seeing that you can strengthen your own perspective. So like something yeah. for me that I try to do, and I, I know you are as well with veganism, we see ways that, like I watched uh, a very, just uh, an anti-vegan documentary. I thought, okay, let's see what they have to say. I'm very curious. Mm -hmm. And from that, you just learn and you see different perspectives. And I think maybe what people forget is, you know, people in these different echo chambers and bubbles, or at least how I see it, is that I don't think they're bad people, and people disagree with me on this for sure, but I don't think that really they're bad people. The way I see it is that 
you know, where fundamentally we're good people with very good intentions. However, we have bad information that's leading us to do bad things. And, and that's really how I think it resonates. And how much culpability can we put on someone for doing something evil or bad, uh, similar to the banality of evil, right? That we read in, in that course. Yeah, that's, 100%. It's a very big challenge, very big <laughs> challenge. Uh, and I, I want to also emphasize the movie they recommended, Schindler's List. Yeah, that's wow. a good one. I mean, such yeah. a good movie. That's such a great, 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 great yeah. movie. Liam Neeson absolutely rocks it. And I mean, you remember the closing scene? Yeah, of course. Where mm -hmm. he's, he's by the car and he goes, I, I could have sold this. Well, yeah. Okay, so whoever hasn't watched that, basically, Long story short, uh, I mean, maybe you want to give the description a quick synopsis of the film, because I, I, I want to. You, I, I you go ahead. You go ahead. Yeah. You go ahead. Yeah. I, so basically, uh, Schindler. I forgot his first name. He Oscar. basically. What's his name? First one. Oscar. Oscar. Okay, Oscar Schindler. Yeah. Uh, yeah basically, he's within this uh, concentration camp. He's in the ranks of the officials who are there, um, or like he knows them very well, and he's able to save so many of their lives and protect them he, he's not he, an official he's if he was a no, no he he has a he has a factory forgot what oh, factory a laboring, clothing yeah. maybe yeah yeah and he uh, he had a lot of jewish employees and he was That's, able to save so many of yeah. them through having them employed there as well yes. yeah. and he would yeah that's so right he would advocate for them and he was connecting with them and all this stuff and yeah, yeah just towards the end when it's basically finished like they're liberated and I think 45 it was, um, he has a scene where he's, I think he's about to leave on his car and he goes like, wait, but I, I could have sold this. I could have, I could have, this could have been like 10 more people, 20 more yeah, people. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. I mean, wh what do you take from that? Because that's such a powerful scene. And I mean, personally, I cry every time I see that because you yeah. see someone who, one was just so brave and did so much but even after doing so much, maybe it, I don't know if it's, it's not survivor, survivor's guilt, but still has so much guilt in him that he could have done more. Yeah. It's like, dude, you did so much, but maybe he could have done more. Maybe he could have done more. Maybe. That, that's so fascinating, especially if you look at, especially World War II, I guess. There are so many people who've done so much and you read these stories of how they saved hundreds, thousands of people. Um, and most of them after the war if they survived they said well i think i could have done more and i could have done this differently and i'm like you did something how many people mm. didn't and what will we do in this situation and they put their lives their families' lives at risk and to see them still being like i could have done more it's just you know some people are just out of this world i guess like in the way they live for other people and i think mm. some some of us could probably use a little bit more of this mm. and okay. Yeah, it's just like mm. people like Shinla and so many other people, especially during that time, are just so admirable because they've done so much. Right. Yeah. And, and their ability to do so much when, I mean, I don't know about his situation, but because I don't think his life was on the, I mean, sure, his life was on the line, but it was different in some aspects where there were other people who would uh, harbor and protect uh, Jews and yeah. then they would end up like the Jews would leave and then they would get killed or like, yeah. I mean, so yeah, it's regardless, it's so much bravery and just incredible. Look, yeah, great movie recommendations. Uh, Boy of the Striped Pajamas, definitely easier to watch when you're younger. So if there's younger listeners, uh, yeah, well, not, not easier. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, easier, I, I than, guess, easier than Schindler's yeah. List. Easier than Schindler's List. For sure. And it's, yeah. I guess, when you're a little bit younger, yeah, it, it's more, I guess, even more heartbreaking when you're older because you really know what's going on like fully. Oh, and if like you're younger, you might yeah. not see everything or understand mm. everything. So, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, you're understanding like the context, the nuance, the history. Yeah. Because when we were younger, at least in eighth grade, they were saying, oh my gosh, what? Ah, these people are just so crazy and sick. Yeah. Then you understand sort of how that happened, how that came to be. It doesn't make it any more uh, excusable. Just you understand it. And then you can even try to see, okay, how did we get from point A to point B? What happened mm -hmm. in the middle? Let's, you know, nip that in the bud as much yeah. as we can. Uh, so, that, yeah. And what was the podcast recommendation you had? 
forgot the name oh, of that, it. that was just the general like listening to a bunch of podcasts oh it's just have time to, like watch the news yeah. there are way too many podcasts that i listen to oh, man. um yeah. but yeah if you have time any podcast uh, uh, are there a couple you can you can recommend just so people can get started if let's say that they want you, yeah let's say there maybe to something like uh lgbtq yeah. or maybe something just informative there, so I, because I listen to so many podcasts, I kind of divide them into the different topics that I'm really interested in. Mm. So you've got the LGBTQ plus part, you've got veganism podcasts that I'm very mm. into, general news podcasts, and then mm. just also, I guess, mental health, that kind of stuff. And there's this one that I really, so for news, for example, if you're interested in LGBTQ plus news, there's The Frontline, which is a good podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, but then... Um, or a funny one would be I Can Explain, which is just really hilarious. Like It hmm. brightens up the mood. Like It's not news or anything. It's just really fun. Okay. Um, but then for I really enjoy um, I Weigh with Jamila Jamil. I don't know if you know. Really the How do I know that name? Uh, um, she's from the, the Good Place. I don't know if you see. Oh show. yeah, yeah. Uh, like yeah. A, a taller actress who's like very all into herself. Tahani, yeah, yeah. Tahani, yeah. Oh, I, you know, yeah. So I, always, I always call her uh, Tahini, like the. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Wow, and, yeah, the good place. Yeah, she's awesome. Cool. And she has this amazing podcast, or she started this entire movement called I Weigh, um, which I Weigh like with the letter I. Like I Weigh, like yeah, like the weight, like your your weight, your body oh, weight. I, I weight. Oh, like yeah. oh, cool. So W E I G H yes, and um, because she started this movement because she well she suffered with an eating disorder for like most of her adult life, and whenever like you open the news or I guess like they talk especially about celebrities they talk about like mm. for the women like how much do they weigh and kind of society bases someone's worth on what they yeah what the number on a scale is for especially for women I mean also for a lot of men um but mm. it's mostly women I guess yeah. and it's like young girls it starts so young and so she started this movement where she asks people to say what they weigh but not a number like for example i weigh my friendships my loyalty oh. my education my um creativity like all these kind of things that make you you and that make you a good and lovable and valuable person that have mm. nothing to do with the way you look or because mm. that doesn't say anything about you right um and so she's has this big movement uh now and she has she she's also done like they got like Instagram to block um, like ad like diet drink ads for like they don't show up on um, teenagers Instagram pages anymore like these ads like drink this shake and lose 20 pounds in a week you know that kind of stuff so they got mm. that blocked like they do a lot of great things and she has this podcast as well uh, where she has a bunch of great people on they talk about mental health struggles about politics about uh, everything mm. so there's everything like there's something for everyone. Um, Excellent. I, I, yeah. I love that. Wow. I wait. Like I W E I G H T. Oh, without the T at the end. I wait. Oh, just, oh I wait. Like you're weighing yeah. something. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What an incredible concept to look to weigh, not just like a physical, let's say, objective kind of measurement yeah. or object, whatever it is, um, but other components and aspects of your life that do hold so much more weight. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Like your character, friendships, relationships, yeah. books, experiences. Wow. Exactly. I mean, that's, it's, it's I'm, really I'm going to check that out today. <laughs> yeah. It's, right. I highly recommend it to anyone who wants to listen. And the episodes aren't too long. They're, I don't know, like 40 minutes long. And okay. very, yeah. most of them are very, like, they, they a lot of like funny and right. some are very serious, but it's topics about everything and it's really good. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. No, I, I can already think of a handful of people. Who are gonna love this so i'll send them this yeah. one and to hear it no it's i mean it's it's incredibly important is she part of the the lgbtq plus community or yeah yeah she i think she identifies as bisexual or pansexual okay but yeah. she's, she's definitely queer i just i'm not entirely sure how okay. like how okay. she identifies at the moment yeah mm, okay yes i mean it's just so different seeing like i mean one the good place and then the different characters and yeah i mean i know kristen bell she is pretty yeah. similar. Like she in real life, from what I see, she's pretty similar that with what she's in the show. Yeah. You know, it's just like consistency. Okay. <laughs> Incredible. I mean, look, great recommendations. I love the, the movies are awesome. The books are great, but that podcast really just yeah. it's so needed so as well. Right? Yeah. 
Especially 100%. with, I mean, just how, yeah, just with the rise of social media. And I mean, it's insane now seeing, uh, let's just say Instagram or wherever, that there's now like 14 year olds who look like they're 25 or something. Yeah. And that exists. Like that is out there. That, that 100% is out there. And like, what, what's going on? Um, I know. What, what's going on? Like what? What? Yeah. And I they mean, just start comparing yeah. each other so young now like because we didn't have phones when we were in, that's true like, too yeah. that Different. young and and now they start comparing each other to millions of people online when they're even still in elementary school i'm like why well what's incredible that happens is you know let's say if there's a class of 200 and um how old is 14 like eighth grade or seventh grade eighth grade yeah. and then you know, I mean, there is a competition for likes because you get more likes, you get more traffic, there's more social capital, and then you eventually get that elusive little blue check mark, right? With a mm -hmm. little thing. And then you get that, and now you're someone. Now you're someone who matters. Yeah. I just listened. Yeah. Oh, I couldn't believe that this was something that had happened. Um, there was this football player who like retired. I mean, I think he's in his 40s or 50s, and he's coaching or he's like coaching this uh, college team and he brings in this very popular uh, influencer, this lady. And the lady, like I listened to a little bit of it. I mean, he did it to like, kind of warn him of the dangers of dating online with, uh, let's say dating women with uh, within social media and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But one thing that she was saying was that like, one of her key arguments was in life, she gets everything. I mean, she has like millions of followers, all this stuff. She gets so many advantages, gets so many things for free, exclusive access. And when she sees people message her, unless they have a blue mark, she doesn't respond or doesn't care about them. And I'm thinking, what? Now, hold on. Mm -hmm. what, what kind of message are we putting out here? Because yeah. then if you don't get to that point, especially if you're a younger girl who statistically within the past 10 years have the highest rates of, I believe it's suicide or something with mental health. They've just been absolutely okay. destroyed. Yeah. Just rock. It, it's very alarming. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, if, you, if, you, if you look at the numbers of like, especially the young girls with eating disorders nowadays, like it's always been so bad, but it's just get, getting worse because yeah, you just, you don't just compare yourself to people in your school anymore. You compare yourself to everyone online who just uses 100%. filters and just shows the best part, like show the best part of their day and not yes. what they're actually going through. Oh man. Yeah, so we could do a whole other episode on that, but I just, just, just really, as you're talking, it's the, the main premise. Um, yeah. I mean, and also what are your circumstances versus someone else's? Yeah. And what if someone is just a better picture taker? Seriously. Yeah. And what if someone was just born with some different kind of uh, physical trait that the yeah. market, which the society values at that time, and then they get elevated so much. And then right off the bat, Oh, that's the valuable person. Oh, yeah. we should we should weigh their uh, their physical achievements or anything like that yeah. instead of like you're saying, Becky, with the other components of life that we should really weigh. Uh, but yeah. it's so exciting. Well, yeah, we, we've definitely gone in and we can do way more. I want to ask Miss Miss Becky, what is what's, what's next, next for you? Could be what's the next country? What's <laughs> uh, I, I mean, at, at this point, maybe next planet. I mean, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> next moves what's what's next in, in becky's life i think i'm gonna stick around on this planet for a little while longer but go. um country i don't know it depends on how the situation is going with covid i suppose but yeah no i'm going back to so i'm staying here for two more weeks and then going back to dubai and i'm going to be in dubai until um like next year end of next year mm. for sure um and then so october next year or so and then we'll see what's gonna happen yep. where i'm gonna end up. don't know yet don't know if i'm staying in dubai no. don't know if i'm going somewhere else so open to just mm. living day by day i guess but there we go yeah, yeah. we'll yeah, see you're, you're, where life takes us you'll be there for the new year and i mean i'm sure were you there for the last new year yes Oof, yeah. amazing or it was really great. We we went to the beach. Um, there were a couple of friends there. We had lovely Lebanese buffet dinner, which was fantastic. Oh. Uh, you know, yeah. I love my hummus. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we saw we saw the fireworks at the beach, um, and we saw the Burj Al Arab, that famous hotel. Yeah. Um, and Wait, uh, is, uh, Tom Jamera. Isn't that so? The uh, the 
I'm going to say it totally correct. Uh, the Burj Khalifa? The Burj Khalifa is the tallest tower in the world. That's the, Okay, and then the one you just yeah. said that is the hotel? The Burj, uh, Burj Al Arab is like the only seven-star hotel in the world. It's like really? it has this sail kind of shape. Yeah, oh, has, I've seen this. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's literally right by the beach like on that. Yeah. 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 Oh, and okay. so we saw that we didn't see the firework at the Burj Khalifa because it's too far from where I live. And at night, you just there's no way to get getting back home. Um, mm. But we went to the beach close to where my apartment is and we saw the fireworks um, from like the Palm Jumeirah, where the Atlantis Hotel is, the famous Palm mm. thing and mm. and the Borsh. Um, so it was really it was really fun. Well, I mean, look, you're definitely living 2021 quite well. I'll say that. <laughs> You're, yeah, well, you're, you're, you're living it up. <laughs> we, we've gotten quite lucky in Dubai because the number's been quite low and yeah. um, everyone's vaccinated. So things are like everything's pretty much open. So I guess yeah. I'm got I'm very lucky living there at the moment. So mm. yeah. I mean, look, enjoy it. And like you said, you don't know where you'll be next, which is always exciting. And it really uh, emphasizes the, the need. Just enjoy where you're at. Like you're exactly where you need to be. You know, yeah. you're there. This is where life has brought you. Uh, you're a world traveler. I know you said you're staying on Earth, but I'm sure once the chance arises, you'll go to Mars. Uh, it, no. It, no? But, Maybe I'm wrong with that. Maybe I'm wrong with that. Maybe then again, like, like I said, like live day by day because we can't, like we've seen in the last two years, we can't really plan oh, wow. what's going. Like I can't say what's going to be next year because we don't know. Like it, mm -hmm. if anything has been made clear over the past two years, that's probably it. Mm, so. That's so true. Yeah, one thing I've tried to emphasize with just friends, family, uh, people saying, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to travel or do this maybe in a, in a few years, a couple of years. And, you know, not including COVID, I'm thinking, sure, but you don't know what's going to come next. Like, you got to act, you know? I mean, you That's keep waiting and putting stuff off. I mean, yeah. then look, something like, I mean, COVID's once in a century, but who knows the next one and what's going to happen in your exactly. life? Yeah. So I mean, People always ask me, like, why do you keep going abroad, like, for a university or for whatnot? They, why do you do that? And I'm like, well, if I don't do it while I can and while I'm mm. young and, like, like I'm not going to decide to do another master's degree when I'm, I mean, maybe, but when I'm 40, yeah. I'm not going to, probably not going to be like, oh, let's go to Brazil to do a master's degree in something, you know? That's not so likely mm. to do to happen. Yeah. So That's do right. it while you can. Yeah, I would say, you know, being Brazilian, uh, you're more than welcome. Uh, you know, you can come. But no, totally. It's like, do it once when you can. And yeah, when you have yeah. the energy, the youth and all that. Yeah. All right. Totally excellent. Where can, I mean, I know you're in Germany now. You'll be back in Dubai. Where um, where can people find you? If they want to get in contact or if they want to just see anything you've been up to or stuff like that. Well, I mean, I am on Instagram, but my profile is private at the moment. And most of the time I don't accept people I don't really know well unless mm. I see they have like a bunch of like they're Beautiful. friends with friends of mine and I know they're not some spam thing then I might mm. add them as well but other than that I'm actually pretty active on LinkedIn now mm. Facebook okay. I don't use that much anymore but LinkedIn is probably where I do the most now and where people can see what I'm up to or message me if there's anything all right yes yeah sure so then I'll put your your LinkedIn there if you're all right with yeah. that and to add it. Sure. Okay. Excellent. All right. So, I mean, just sort of kind of uh, wrapping up our, our convo here with, um, well, this part I actually enjoy if I can pull it up. Um, this section, just to kind of, before we conclude, talking about mm -hmm. you know, gratitude. I uh, just want to thank you for, I'm just trying to get it on the screen, but it's not working. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Yeah. Just like gratitude, Becky, thanks for just being uh, someone so open to different ideas and, taking everything the world uh, brings your way and not just receiving, but also searching and going out for it and also being so giving of your time, your energy with uh, being compassionate towards others and really doing your best to get to the root of different concepts and trying to inform yourself so that you can be well-educated, like you were saying before, so you can understand and seeking out information that doesn't make you necessarily feel like rainbows and butterflies but that is important and crucial to not only understand others, but to also understand yourself even better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. And thanks again for having me. It was really fun. And I enjoyed 
catching up with you, I guess. And I enjoy what you're doing because I really loved the previous episodes that you've done with like Bradley as well. It was really interesting. It's it's really (laughs) nice. I'm looking forward to hearing more of our former. um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Cohort people on here. Yeah, I know for sure. Well, we have, um, I, I recorded with Corey, um, for listeners, that's my, the, our director of our, our program. And yeah, there's a a handful more lined up and, yeah, it's just nice having this banter and conversation and uh, having a source of uh, like media, I guess this is media, where there's, at least from what I perceive, different perspectives, different backgrounds, values that we try to emulate and learn from. Uh, so this final part, Becky, just if you haven't heard the first episode, uh, this part, we always conclude with the nugget of wisdom to elevate like Zeus, mm-hmm. Zeus's story son of Cronus and Rhea, viewed as a threat by Zeus, uh, along with Zeus's siblings. Uh, Zeus, or Cronus, goes to eat all his children, but Rhea, Zeus's mother, saves him, replaces Zeus with a stone. And Zeus, with so much potential, actually ends up living amongst everyday people and finds the courage, the ability to work his way up, return to Olympus, free his siblings, and become the great figure that he is so with this aspect of the nugget of wisdom what is a nugget of wisdom that you have you want to leave listeners with that could help them in their journey from wherever they are even if they're at the mountaintop or the bottom of the pit to help elevate them and get the ball rolling i think i guess there are two things i would say first of all be unapologetically you uh, and like be yourself, be kind to yourself, not just to others. Um, cause there is only one you. And then also like sometimes appreciate what you already have. Take a step back, look at, because we always are looking for the next great thing, the next thing to do, the next adventure, the next whatever. And we forget that mm. like we already have so much. And like, I, I read it a while ago where someone was like, well, we constantly look for the next thing and we keep forgetting that our younger self was looking forward to where we are now. So we keep just, we keep, we, sh- we should live more in the moment and mm. not just keep looking for what's out there again. Just appreciate what you have. Mm, excellent. So be you, unapologetically you and appreciate what you have and be able to live in the moment. Wow. Yeah. Excellent. So words of wisdom. Uh, Becky, I'd say uh, danke, danke very much. <laughs> danke, um, that's that's all the German I know. But okay, uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in. I uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Becky, thank you again. Just absolutely thank incredible you. your story. And all right, uh, until next time, see you guys. See you. Bye. <laughs>